With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now here's your host, Paul Charchian. It's another edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian, my co-host today, Brian Johnson. Welcome back. What's up, Charch? We did talk a little bit last uh, last episode about Stella. Our condolences. Yeah. It's hard to lose a dog. Sure is. Yep. So uh, anyone know, out there listening with a dog, mm-hmm. give it an extra pet for me. It's an extra deal. treat. How about a pat? Can a pet. I, a, a pet or a pat? Can I do both? both? both. Okay. Pet, pat, treat, walk. Yeah. You know what you're signing Stella up road. when you buy the puppy, uh, but it doesn't make it hurt any less when the time comes. I don't want to get too into it because I'm going to get uh, emotional. She she lived a, a long life, 13 mm. and a half years. Uh it really was arthritis that, that did her in. So yeah. That's a get tough. ahead of that game. So, I mean, we did, you know, multivitamins, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. she balled hard, too. I should have got to calm him down a little bit. You know, like <laughs> the brain is always thinking they're a puppy. But uh, so it was tough. But I appreciate uh, the sentiment. And a lot of people on Twitter, too. Very kind. Yeah, what they absolutely reached out and kind words. So, yeah. We're diving into the NFC North today. We've broken down many of the divisions, not quite all of them. And then the next three shows are dedicated to the draft. Can we please have the draft? I'm so ready for this draft. Are you? Yeah. It's been even more of an avalanche of just like rookie takes that everyone's, this guy is is comp to this guy. And I'm so tired. That's every year. I know it is, but this year is just even more annoying than than most years, I feel like. Yeah. So I'm ready for the draft. Are you? Um, it's, there's lots to talk about. We're going to next week. We'll hit on some of our uh, favorite players from this coming draft. The week after that, we'll be recording on the Friday, right after the first round. So we'll talk about the first round rookies and where they landed. And, and the week after that, we'll do the rest of the draft for rounds two through seven. I think people need to prepare themselves that last year we were spoiled from a fantasy football perspective. There were so many relevant fantasy players going in the first, especially round one this year. 
Well, yeah, probably, probably no, be running no running back. No running the back. Quarterbacks aren't there. There, there's a chance that no quarterback goes for the first like eighteen yeah. picks of this draft, and you know the quarterbacks don't look like they're immediate fantasy there, help. There's certainly no but Kyle the Pitts. There's yeah. no uh, no tight end. No tight end. Yep. And but the receivers are going to be deep, and um, well, the running backs. There are good running backs in this draft. I think we have more good running backs in this draft. We just don't have. You know, like that high first rounder. We, you know, we don't yeah. have the Saquon Barkley in his rookie year. Right. Or even a, a Najee yeah. Harris. And from a receiver right. standpoint, Harris, no, right. no Jamar Chase. Definitely not a Jamar Chase in this draft, I don't think. Probably, Probably not. not. Maybe, yeah. maybe, hopefully a Jalen Waddle been William, or It might have been Williams if he did, were coming off an ACL. So, Fair. yeah, but we'll Fair talk point. We'll talk more rookies yeah. next week. Let's look at the NFC North. And, and the idea here, like the other <laughs> shows, we're going to talk a little bit about, we'll hit on each one of the notable fantasy players and a reminder for what they did. And the, the one thing you really need to remember for each one of these guys, let's start with the Chicago bears, which to me is the least interesting offense in this entire division, including the lions. Yeah. Speaking of uh, teams that are going to draft a wide receiver or two, uh, the yeah. bears will be one. We'll talk about that position in a minute. Uh, new head coach for the bears. Get that uh, out of the mm-hmm. way quick. No more Matt Nagy. Aguilas, no. finally. And he was a dead man walking all eight, all eight, well, 17 plus a bye week, eight um, weeks, yeah. Matt Eberflus, is it Flus or Fluss? Flus. Flus, uh, defensive coordinator for the Colts, so not too exciting uh, from an offensive perspective there, but they will have a new offensive coordinator too, Luke Getze, saying he will run a Shanahan-style offense with a heavy emphasis on play action, mm-hmm. supposed to be quarterback friendly, so I'm liking the prospects for Justin Fields uh, going into his sophomore year. Only appeared in 12 games last year, but only started in 10. Uh, still finished fifth in rushing yards among quarterbacks. Didn't get to see and a lot of him. And by the way, they didn't even unlock the rushing. They no. didn't let him rush. No. For, you know, up until like, I don't know, Thanksgiving. He was the guy barely ever ran. I think and when he did, he was really just running for his life behind yeah. that awful <laughs> offensive line, which we'll talk about too in a moment. Uh, but we didn't get to see a ton from him in the passing game. Only top 30 pass attempts. Uh, three times, mm-hmm. but uh, when he did throw the ball, he could throw the long ball, it seemed. He yeah. knew it was accurate. I think he has all the tools uh, to be a successful reality and fantasy quarterback, and right now, a quarterback 17 in redraft and best ball formats, uh, that's a screaming value for a guy that has... Running upside. Running upside, yeah. and um, his weapons, I think they should have held on to Allen Robinson. He is gone, uh, as we all know, on the Rams now, so Darnell Mooney... No way Robinson was even going to stay. No chance. There's nothing the Even with Bears the, could with have the, done. With the change at head coach and all that. So. I mean, he was dinged up last year. It wasn't like there, he was played a full season. And but anyway, he's gone. Darnell Mooney, as of right now, the wide receiver one for the Bears. Uh, last season, he was one of 16 wide receivers with more than 80 catches and 1,000 yards. Put up mm-hmm. some pretty impressive numbers with uh, Andy Andy Dalton and uh Rookie Justin Fields. Mooney has forced 27 for uh, Mooney has 27 forced missed tackles on receptions since entering the league in 2020. That's tied for seventh among wide receivers in that span. So he's a playmaker. And uh, right now he's going off the board at wide receiver 32, which is way too late, in my opinion. I mean, even if they go after a big name wide wide receiver, which I think they will, he's still going to be the top option, at least mm-hmm. this this season. So uh, Darnell Mooney, I think we'll see him climbing. Uh, his ADP will be climbing as we get deeper into the summer. But right now he's going way too late, in my opinion. And then now for the, the rest of the wide receivers, as I said oh. multiple times, they're going to draft one or two, yep. possibly make a trade. Terry McLaurin makes a lot of sense to me. I think they have the, 
the draft. Washington can, can't afford to lose him. Well, Washington can't afford a lot of things. Apparently, <laughs> we won't we won't get into that's into whole, that. So that's a whole other story. But so Byron Pringle, Equinim. Uh, uh, I'm going to st- stumble on that name. Equinim. Equinimius St. Equini- Brown. I always started off wrong. Yeah. Equinimius St. Brown. Yeah. The other two wide receivers that we're just not going to talk about on no. this podcast. I like I like Pringle in Kansas City, but I, I he's not going to carry an offense by any means. No. Yeah. He was much more interesting as as a chief. So uh, he's pretty much dead to us from a fantasy perspective. But Cole Komet should not be, despite his zero touchdowns last season. This is tight end Cole Komet, of course. Komet uh, was one of nine touchdown, uh, nine tight ends with at least 60 catches and 600 yards. Mm-hmm. Put up great numbers in those regards. And of course, the corpse of Jimmy Graham was stealing opportunities. Yeah. Uh, 14 catches, 100, 167 yards, three touchdowns for Graham. Yep. Uh, he should not He's, be getting those numbers this no. year. He gone. So uh, it's amazing Komet didn't score, given that the Chicago threw the uh, the ball to their tight ends over 40% of the time in the red zone. His uh, red zone target share was 22%. Um, going off the board is tight end 15 right now. I think there's definitely top 10 potential here. For uh, I don't. I, no, I, no. I, I'm a fan. Um, I think he's, there's going to be positive touchdown regression, just like with well, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> yeah, there is. I mean, he'll score more than zero. You're right about that. Uh, but I don't, I've just, I, I've been waiting to see flashes of something special from Cole Komet. And I just, I haven't seen it yet. Nothing that really validates the draft position he was taken in to this point. Now, that is a position that's always slow to develop. Mm-hmm. And this will be year three. Year three is, you know, that that's year three is commonly a breakout season for tight ends, but I think that's already baked into his 15 ADP at tight end because he hasn't performed anywhere near 15. He hasn't performed near 30 to this point. So I think that's already baked into baked into his average draft position, Brian. I'm feeling like a it's like a, this season's Dawson Knox, something like that. I don't know. Oh, I think there's be, there's some sneaky, the best, sneaky the upside scenario. Cole Komet. Yeah. We got to see what they do in the draft, of course, because they will be adding to that uh, wide receiver group. Let's sure. go to the running backs. Yeah, uh, David Montgomery uh, closed 2021 very strong. Four rushing touchdowns over his last six games. He caught at least five passes in four of those six games. So uh, looked like a, a true bell cow there. On the season as a whole, he only averaged 3.8 yards per carry. But again, that O line was very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, word is the Bears are willing to spend uh, three. Uh, they have three picks inside the top 71. They might go offensive line, offensive line, offensive line there. Uh, they're saying that's a possibility. I'm sure they'll take at least one wide receiver. Yeah, and the defense picks, is but. old, too. They need mm-hmm. to address they have a variety of spots on defense, too. So uh, David Montgomery, he he's going in, in best ball right now. RB 21 seems a little late. Uh, Khalil Herbert is somewhat of a concern. He looked good when given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. He's going at RB forty seven, and that's kind of a. I don't want. I don't want both of those guys. They're too close. I wouldn't handcuff them. But no, Montgomery at twenty one seems. Late oh yeah, no, I, I, yeah, for uh, a workhorse he back. He's kind of just been slipping. You know, I've, I'm. I've been a bit of a degenerate this year. I've been drafted since January, and he's gone from like RB fifteen into the early twenties. Weird. As people are starting to like the rookies a little more, but uh, yeah, I'm buying Montgomery at that price, especially how he closed. Um, twenty twenty one. He looked great, and if they improve that offensive line, Justin Fields in year two, I think there's a uh, some sneaky upside in this offense. You're more optimistic about Fields as a passer than I am. I do agree with that. He can throw a nice deep ball. It's the rest of his game that I'm not crazy about as a passer. I saw slow decision making. I saw a lot of inaccuracy. I'm I'm nervous about his overall passing skills. But we said that about it, other guys too, right? Lamar Jackson. 
in the past. Yeah. Uh, well, and you know, Lamar's also been an inconsistent passer. But if your running's good enough, then it it doesn't even necessarily matter that much. Taking the rookie and rookie and sophomore quarterbacks, just from a fantasy perspective, who would you want out of all those guys? I mean, so Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, yeah, or Mac Jones, Mac Jones, uh, or any of the rookies of this year. I think it's Fields for me. For the rushing, it might be. It might be. Davis Mills might end up emerging oh, as the go. best yeah. of the bunch. How dare I, I lead mean, out you know, Davis Mills? Yeah. It's possible. We are big Davis Mills guys. You know who I'm, uh, who I'm a big fan of is Dan Campbell and the Lions. Yeah. Lions have, I think, I think if you ask me right now to just pick the team that I think will be most improved for win total, I think it's the Lions. And they're on hard knocks this yeah, summer. Well, Can't sure. wait for that. Yeah. That's going to be great TV. You know, here's the thing about Campbell and the Lions. They played hard Virtually every game, even with so many things went wrong last year, all of the injuries, the long, long, long time it took to get that first win. It was, you know, and then they got the tie and you know, then eventually they got the win and it was a brutal season, but they played hard all the time and they won games down the stretch playing with off the street cornerbacks and wide receivers. And if that's, you know, if they're going to play that hard with a team that's got all the draft picks that the Lions have got coming in and they get a healthy offense. I'm interested in the Lions, mm-hmm. you know, you know, perhaps getting into the seven, eight win territory range, which is to me very possible. I'm with you. All right. Let's talk about this offense beginning with Jared Goff one year removed, by the way. So last year's bad year for him. Clearly the year before that he was quarterback 14. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, he was on the Rams yeah. and he had Cooper cup to throw to and Robert hoods, but really everything went wrong. He was hurt last year. All his receivers were hurt. He had to learn a new system. And you probably don't remember this, but it all started to click for Jared Goff after Thanksgiving, despite all the receivers that were down at the end of the year. In his final five games, he threw 11 touchdowns against two picks. Jared Goff, that's two touchdowns a game. Multiple touchdowns in four of those five games, final five games of the year for Jared Goff. I was impressed That's with like a top 12 quarterback in the, yeah. in the third, last third of the season. Yeah, he probably was a top 12 like quarterback said, in the last third of the season. Not many weapons at his disposal. No, no. Um, his weapons begin with Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown. Everybody else got hurt. And then St. Brown became the focal point of the passing game. And he delivered the goods. He was a beast. His per game averages for Amon Ross St. Brown over the final six starts. And again, those were, those were, uh, those are Jared Goff games, mm-hmm. not Tim Boyle games. Uh, 11 targets, 11 targets per game, eight and a half receptions, 93 yards, and just under a full touchdown per game. That was Jamar Chase's season that Amon Brown had in the final six games of last year. Yeah, I mean, it was Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, and Amon St. Brown carrying people the fantasy championships and like in that order. Right. And almost could, at the, in the right. same level. And you could pick, you know, and people were picking up Amon Ross St. Brown in mm-hmm. late October, early November because oh, he had sure. done nothing, didn't score. He didn't score at all until I think about week 13 was his first touchdown. Now, the catch for all of this is, well, they didn't have else to throw to. So that's what they got in the 11 targets per game. But let's not take away from the fact that St. Brown made good on the 11 targets a game. He was catching eight and a half per game. So it's if he needed to carry the load, he could. 
Detractors will say, great, but here comes TJ Hawkinson, back off injury. Here comes DJ Chark, who they brought in. Mm-hmm. And you know, how much does Amon Rob St. Brown's target load go down? And DeAndre Swift. Uh, and DeAndre, great. Sure. Although he yeah, played he, yeah. on and off throughout last year, too. But yes. And he'll siphon off some receptions <laughs> mm-hmm. as well. All right. So let's talk about the other receivers. DJ Chark, I just alluded to, uh, only played three games last year because he broke his ankle in the third game, but he scored in two out of those three games. And hopefully that broken ankle did not take any of his deep speed away because that's what's always made DJ Chark special was his ability to get some separation downfield, get the long ball. But what worries me here is that Jared Goff isn't exactly slinging deep lasers down the field, and that's where Chark's best big plays come from. So I think that feels like a bit of a mismatch, and I think DJ Chark's just going to be a spot starter this year. Yeah, you can argue, though, that Goff is the best quarterback that Chark's ever was. played with. That is probably only, true. I mean, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, he was not good, but that was only yeah. three games last year, even yeah. though, but yeah. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, the only, I know the receiver's really worth, worth mentioning, Josh Reynolds. Let's go to TJ Hawkinson, uh, who I think is going to be a fascinating decision for fantasy owners painfully quiet year last year for Hawkinson. Although I'll mention he did bookend his shortened season with two, with touchdowns in the two first games and touchdowns in the two last games. And they didn't score at all in between those two games. He saw plenty of targets, but he just never got in sync with golf. You know, you'd look at these box scores and it's like 10 targets, two catches, 30 yards. Oh, and he had two literal, not literal, but he had two goose eggs. I recall too, which is zero point games, which, he did. Unacceptable. The Lions uh, picked up his fifth-year option. Uh, he'll make full recovery from the thumb injury that sidelined him after week 13 last year. And this, uh, he's heading, he's heading in. He's, he, we know the talent for TJ Hawkinson, former first-rounder, is extremely high. He can get separation, the big body, he can break tackles, he can do special things. It just should have materialized more last year. If Amon Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown could have been, you know, it was such a big focal and focal point of this offense, you know, TJ Hawkinson should have done more with those opportunities, should have been more in sync. And it's not all on Hawkinson. The quarterback play was not good enough. But from just a sheer talent standpoint, TJ Hawkinson should be a top five tight end. He should be. But for me, I mean, he's, he's getting drafted tight end, more like six, seven, full fade for me right now. People seem to only think of the good when it comes to TJ Hawkinson for some reason. And there, there are a lot of detractors and, and I'd rather grab Dallas Goddard in that range or wait on my guy, Cole Komet <laughs> several rounds later. There's a lot, a lot of balls to be shared in Detroit. So I think people are getting a little jumpy with Hawkinson for Deandre Swift, offensive coordinator, Anthony Lynn. It's, it's clear. He is not going to let Deandre Swift be a workhorse back period. End of story just like he did with Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler was by far the best charger running back. Anthony Lynn never used him like a workhorse. Same deal with Swift, clearly the best back in the backfield, yet every box score. It's a 12-carry game, 14, 9, 12, 13, 10. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's who Anthony Lynn is. He only lets Swift run the ball more than 14 times once. All last year. The other troubling thing is that Lynn pulled way back on Swift's receiving role at the halfway point of the year. And granted, Swift was injured for much of November and December on and off. But listen to this. His receiving numbers in weeks one through seven for DeAndre Swift, his average game receiving 
Six catches, 56 yards. There's 12 fantasy points right there. Yeah, that makes up for the five or six or seven carries, extra carries you want. You wanted, right. So that was fine. <laughs> and then some. But then after that, his average game, three catches, 10 yards, four fantasy points. No touchdowns after week seven either through the air for DeAndre Swift. And it's, is it because Anthony Lynn saw something in Swift's receiving that he didn't like? And again, there was nobody else to throw to in this offense down the stretch, and they still didn't go to Swift. So that's going to be one of the things that I think is going to make Swift very polarizing in fantasy drafts. Mm -hmm. Do you believe the receiving is going to come back? Because if the receiving comes back, Swift is a top 10 fantasy running backs. Without those receiving numbers, he's a guy who averaged 4.1 yards per carry and rarely put up the kind of rushing numbers requisite of an RB1 or in some cases, even RB2. Clearly, you're going to ding Swift from uh, playing standard non-PPR to full PPR, but I think you still you significantly ding him even in half-point PPR to full PPR. I'm, I mean, I'm talking like dropping him from like RB... 15-ish, so RB20. Like, I'd rather have David Montgomery all day long over DeAndre Swift in half-point PPR. I think a lot of people would share that sentiment. That's not how it's going right now, though, yeah. believe it really? or not. Yeah, wow. people are... I wanted to ask you real quickly when we talk about Goff, some people mocking uh, Malik Willis most to, to the Lions at number two. Do you think they take no, a... No, I don't think it's happening. I don't either. I really I think don't. they're going to ride or die with Goff, at least for this year. I really? think I think the Lions are, and I think a lot of teams are doing this. This is just my personal, and I'm pro- I'll probably be wrong about this. This is probably my biggest contrarian take of, of this draft is I don't think any quarterback is going to go before 18. Mm-hmm. I think most of these teams know two things. One, no quarterback deserves to go higher than 18. And... Next year's draft class, baby. Yep. I mean, it's just so many good quarterbacks coming that a lot of teams that don't figure, that figure to be drafting in the top 10 next year as well, and the Lions might be thinking this way, um, will just, they'll, they'll wait for next season. They'll get yeah. by with Jared Goff, and I think, they wait, I think they end up waiting one season on quarterback. If they do take a quarterback, I think it's going to be at the end of the first or beginning of the second. They got those two picks in the first 30 for uh yeah 34 of the draft like a sam howell carson strong type kind uh, of no i think somebody i think you're gonna see better quarterbacks than that available at the end of the first round beginning of the second because i don't think anybody's going before 18 no. so i think you know i think you're gonna have i think there's gonna be there's going to be better quarterbacks available including potentially Leek willis could be there at the end of the first round it's yeah. possible that is quite the contrary i i i just can't see uh I can see the Lions passing, but I can't see the Panthers not taking quarterback. At six? Yeah. See, I can. Or, I can. I just don't think there's a quarterback requisite of that or even close. We'll see. We shall see. Yeah. I mean, they need a quarterback. You know, by need, absolutely. Both teams could 100% do that. Nobody would be surprised. I am probably wrong. We're doing next week's show too much again. I know. We are. <laughs> uh, by the way, a reminder of this offensive line for the Lions. Last thing I want to say about the Lions. This is a great offensive line. Well, okay. They don't play great. They play good. They're an above-average offensive line. They got first-rounders in Decker, Ragnow, Sewell. This is a good offensive line. They didn't always play like it last year, but still, uh, a good line that I think can set up better things to happen with this offense in the second year with Dan Campbell. Let's take a break. When we come back, the Green Bay Packers. 
No wide receivers right now, but the draft is going to yield some. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers. And, and not a whole lot. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> There's less to say about this Packers offense. Yeah, they're really the least the uh, the exciting team in this division right now. I think now. you're right. We'll be back in a moment. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Brian Johnson with you. Green Bay Packers offense is in no small amount of disarray with massive question marks pre-draft at wide receiver and tight end. Running backs are set. Quarterback is set. Let's talk through this, and I begin. I assume we're going to begin with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, we'll skate him out of the way. Uh, but it, stock, his stock clearly falling after the Devontae Adams trade. Yeah, that's um, it should. Uh, in basketball right now, he's going quarter, around quarterback 11. So you're seeing Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, yeah. those kind of guys going uh, well before Aaron Rodgers right now. And that's because, I mean, we're not going to dive into Aaron Rodgers. He's still an elite quarterback. He's great, but yeah. clearly a downgrade without Devontae Adams. And they're not mm-hmm. going to replace him. Certainly not with uh, newly acquired Sammy Watkins, um, who really doesn't have an ADP right now. That will that will likely change. I will say this. I'm going to throw Watkins in my week one DFS lineup right now. <laughs> that, is, that is usually how it goes for him. And then forget one he, good game. And then forget he exists uh, mm-hmm. after that. Um, nothing more than a late round best ball flyer. He could prove me wrong, but I don't know. He's but a he, good blocking wide receiver. That's about it. So many teams have needed Sammy Watkins to step up. And he never does it. Yeah. So uh, that's it for Sammy Watkins. You know, um, 
We'll talk about two other receivers. Of course, we'll talk Alan Lazard, who, right as of right now, is uh, the wide receiver one for the Packers. Can you guess? I want to guess how many touchdowns he caught last year? Uh, I think it's going to be more than people think. Seven? Yeah, eight. Eight. Which right, yeah. that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. Uh, but what's not pretty good is uh, he owns the third highest drop percentage among wide receivers mm-hmm. over the last three years. Uh, so, as you said, Green Bay certainly. Well, we feel like we've been saying this for years. They're going to be drafting wide receivers, but they uh, better be doing it this year. <laughs> they better be, and not another another quarterback. They Brian Gutekunst get run out of town if they walk out of yeah. this draft without a meaningful selection at the wide receiver position. And clinging to being meaningful, Randall Cobb. He had his moments last year. Scored twice in two games. But that accounted for 80% of his touchdowns. He basically had three good games. So, no, uh, Randall Cobb, pretty much dead to us from a fantasy perspective. Uh, someone who's looking to be resurrected from a fantasy perspective is tight end Robert Tunyon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 11 touchdowns in 2020 sure feels like a long time ago uh, for Tunyon. Uh, a lot of people are buying back into the hype, uh, and it's basically because of the the. Ple- the, the, the depleted receiver core. Um, I'm more on the skeptical side with, with Tunyon, though. Coming off the major ACL injury, Josiah DeGuara was decent uh, once Tunyon went down. Ah. DeGuara was a third-round draft pick, too, so they have sunk some draft capital into him. Tunyon went undrafted in 2017, by the way, just saying. But uh, right around tight end 17, so you're not risking too much right now with Tunyon. There, there is the upside there. Um, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a lot of people to throw to, and you assume Rodgers is going to throw for at least 30, 35 touchdowns. And yeah, one is, way or another, is pretty much the top target, yeah. especially in the red zone right now. So I'm still kind of glass half empty on Tunyon, but we shall see there. But he, he should be ready for the start of the regular season, they're saying, coming off the blown ACL. Um, and lastly, we got to talk running backs, of course, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Uh, as a team, Green Bay's running backs rushed for just 10 touchdowns last year. That was Shocking. The, the, the bottom yeah. bottom third of the league. Jones only had four of them. Uh, the Packers were tied for the league lead in uh, running back receiving touchdowns with eight. Jones had six of those. Yeah, I was going to say, it had to be almost all Jones. So he's kind of almost like a, a Kareem Hunt right now, it feels like. But mm-hmm. it, it, running back 13, uh, is current ADP, not getting drafted like that. And yes, you'd assume all the, the receiving work went to Jones, but A.J. Dillon, 34 catches, 313 yards, two receiving touchdowns. I mean, he steals some receiving work. And uh, as you can imagine, he had more rushing yards and rushing touchdowns than Aaron Jones. So Aaron Jones, RB 13 right now. A.J. Dillon, RB 26. This is a situation you certainly are not going to be drafting Aaron Jones and like handcuffing him (laughs) to A.J. Dillon because that's two of your top six picks right there. So... If I got to pick one, I'm going to go with AJ Dillon at the at the discount because see, uh, I think you're paying. I think it's a discount on Jones, who last year went off the board at what running back five last year. You said he's going off the board at thirteen this year. Offensive line was in disarray with injury all last year. Everybody comes back healthy, right? Bakhtiari's back. Jenkins is back. This offensive line is going to be good. They don't have adequate receivers, and the young kids that they are going to draft are going to take time to get better. This is going to be a run-first offense for a lot of early next season, and I'm getting, I'm going to get a f- last year's first-rounder in Aaron Jones in the third or fourth round. Third round. Running back 13 will be roughly the third round. I'm interested in buying at that price. <sighs> He's really good. Also, he's really good. 
I think he, uh, I don't want to jump to Calvin Ridley, who, you know, is suspended for gambling, but Aaron Jones, you know, after that happened with Ridley, like all these clips came out where people like were basically uh, insinuating that he was shaving points because he like ran backwards a little bit. Oh yeah. I saw, I remember that. Do you remember the Aaron Jones play in the playoffs, the long pass, I don't know, late in the game, third or fourth quarter, he reeled off like a 70 yard reception. Yeah. Yeah. He he could have been gone if he just went more to that. He like kind of stopped and cut to the inside. Just when I saw all that Ridley stuff, I was like, Aaron, if anyone's going to be pointing fingers at someone who was potentially cheating, it was Aaron Jones. Just because of that play. Just because of that play. Uh, It cost him the game or a chance to win that game. uh, Legally, we are not making any accusations of cheating uh, for Aaron Jones. Let's be clear about that. That's it. I'm I'm sure sure his lawyer will be contacting us. Probably, (laughs) yes. Let's go to the Minnesota Vikings. Former Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell takes over. He's got experience with Kirk Cousins from their time together in Washington. Highly personable, very smart. I had the opportunity to interview him once. Incredibly handsome, too. I know that the that's all handsome. Yeah, the local women are very excited. Uh, people in positions to uh, to know tell me that he blew away all the other coaching candidates that they interviewed with his understanding of offensive principles and even of the Vikings players, which he had gotten clearly up to speed on. And O'Connell's belief that he can immediately take the Vikings offense to the next level. There was no there. O'Connell did not equivocate whatsoever about rebuilding or anything else. He wanted to take this existing offense and make it great. Any concern that he technically wasn't calling the plays in LA you know, that was not necessarily he did. He did call plays in Washington and it is a skill that you, that takes some time to get, to get better at. So, but he does have some experience there. I wish he were a play caller, but that doesn't mean he can't do it. And, yeah. you know, we'll find out. And, you know, he's learning from one of the really masterful play callers of all time. So in Sean McVay. So I, I think O'Connell will be okay there. We'll find out. Let's talk Kirk Cousins. He's the top 10 quarterback. Nobody ever wants to draft. He's the quarterback you settle for. And then he just puts up top 10 numbers. He finished his quarterback nine last year, quarterback 10 the year before that, throwing 35 and 33 touchdowns. That two-year spike of productivity for Cousins coincides with Mm. Justin Jefferson. Sure does. Yeah, we'll talk about in just a minute. Uh, Minnesota's made very few changes on offense, but they did plug one hole at right guard where Jesse Davis replaces Ole Udo. The Vikings' pass protection has been ranked in the bottom six by pro football focus every year Kirk Cousins has been here, hoping the Vikings, as a Viking fan, hoping the Vikings end up shoring up their pass protection in the draft. Um, And last thing I'll mention, with Mike Zimmer's run-heavy approach now gone, you know, Cousins should see quite a few more attempts. You know, I could see... 10% 10% more attempts, 15, 20% more attempts. Sure. And that could unlock, you know, QB six upside in Kirk Cousins, potentially, if things go right. And you're going to get to all these guys, but I mean, he's never had a healthy Jefferson feeling. Like KJ Osborne, who was healthy, but he was a rookie last Irv year. Smith. Irv Smith. And yeah. Dalvin Cook's always been like, get all those guys on the field for. Yeah, pretty season. dangerous offense yeah, when, everybody's, sure. when everybody's healthy. You know who's never missed a game in two years? Justin Jefferson. Wide receiver five last year. Uh, played the full season. Finished second in receiving yards. And even with Adam Thielen absorbing all his touchdowns, and we'll talk more about that in a minute, Jefferson found his way to 10 touchdowns of his own. In the first two years, Justin Jefferson 
has 3,000 receiving yards in his rookie and sophomore years. There is no downside with Jefferson. He is a, you know, he's going off the board in the second round right now. I think you just make that pick with the confidence to know you've got your wide receiver one for the rest of the year and you can plug him in and play him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's no apparent downside whatsoever from Justin Jefferson. Yeah, it's cup. And then people are deciding between Jamar Chase and Jeff, Justin Jefferson, basically. And I, I would take Jefferson and I have been personally. Um, Jefferson gives you the game by game consistency. Chase gives you the blow up game prospects. Might depend on if you're in best ball or if you're in a standard league. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Thielen. He played 12 healthy games last year. You know what he his wide receiver rank was through those first 12 weeks? Top 10. Keep going. Top 8. Keep going. 6. 4. Wide receiver 4. Wow. Yep. When Adam Thielen went down, he way, was wide receiver. I, I knew you wouldn't, and nobody does. Uh, he, he got 10 touchdowns in those 12 games. He, um, get this, over the last two years from inside the 10-yard line, Adam Thielen has been targeted 21 times. He's caught 19 of the 21 passes for 16 touchdowns. This is just inside the 10-yard line. That's impressive. Thielen is the league's most efficient goal line receiver. I think the only one who's comparable, and I'm going to guess he's slightly inferior in this regard, is Devontae Adams. When it comes Adams to- has more volume in part because Thielen missed this, you know, the final third of the season mm-hmm. last year, um, but not the efficiency. I mean, Thielen catches everything that's thrown to him inside the 10-yard line. Unbelievably productive. Uh, the other receiver for the Vikings to talk about is Irv Smith, tight end. Flashed at the end of the 2020 season. Brian, and he rolled into last year with a lot of hope and a lot of optimism, but then he missed the whole year with a meniscus knee injury. And um, now he enters his fourth year, but he's still only 23 years old going into his fourth season. There are going to be rookies hitting the field that are 23 years old. (laughs) And there's the expectation now with Tyler Conklin gone that Irv Smith will take over as the team's full-time starter. There's no competition for the job. This is Irv Smith's job right now. Some talk here in Minnesota that Kyle Rudolph could come back at some point, um, and, but it would probably be as a backup and maybe a goal line role, but that would probably be it. The Vikings, um, with the Vikings really only having Jefferson and Thielen to throw to, KJ Osborne a little bit, you know, Irv Smith could get a, a significant number of targets. He could be sitting on a 60, 70 target season. Back to Thielen, you would be... You would be sick to your stomach, I guess, to put it that way, knowing where he's getting drafted right now. Major, oh, major discount time. I'm going to guess for, he's 25. Yeah, it might be a little higher than that, but yeah, okay. mid to late 20s, yeah. even early 30s. Like I mentioned Darnell Mooney was our wide receiver at 32. I think I'm seeing Mooney going before Thielen. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Jeez. I've been pouncing. Uh, Dalvin Cook, you know exactly what you're going to get from Dalvin Cook at this point. He is a lock RB1, incredibly dependable, except for the games he misses completely. But regardless of his status going into the game, if he's hobbled, if he's questionable, he just produces. And when he suits up or when he's suited up, I mean, they just... They run him they and sold him. Do you think that changes now? It's possible that with Mike Zimmer gone, in, right. you know, that Kevin O'Connell will not 
maybe use him the same way or not as much. I think O'Connell's twist on the offense probably means a slight decrease in total carries for Cook. But considering how banged up he gets, you know, maybe he's healthier and more efficient on a few fewer carries. Mm-hmm. That's possible. I don't believe Alexander Madison's role really changes. You know, he's a guy that he's just a handcuff. You'd ne- you'd never start him otherwise. And I I know Madison just doesn't pop off the tape the way that Dalvin Cook does. Cook, it when healthy, is a very special runner. Oh, for sure. Madison really is not. So you know what you're getting in Dalvin Cook currently going end of first round in most fantasy drafts, roughly RB seven. Talk a little gambling. This might be the most wide open division in the NFL when it comes to who is the favorite. You know, like who could win it? Yeah, Packers. I think are the obvious favorite, but, but on, why? I don't, but why? Really, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, defense got in part gutted and lost to several key players on defense, several on offense. It's just Aaron Rodgers and the and the perception that the rest of the division is weak. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's replaying a lot of last year where I think the Vikings looked worse than they probably really are and probably get better. I already told you, I think the Lions could double their win total. I, I'm with so, you. you know, then I don't I don't much care for the Bears. But yeah, there's uh, this could be a little bit more wide open, a little tighter race than people think. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Football Weekly. We appreciate you getting to the end of it, as always. Um, thank you for all of the chocolate chip cookies from a few weeks ago, everybody. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun for the, uh, the faithful that got to the end. F- we'll turn our attention to rookies beginning next week. We'll talk about some of our favorite players. Two weeks until the draft, right? Then two weeks, uh, two weeks yeah. from now, we'll Bring be talking about the first round in the books. It's a big stretch for me. I do the Thursday night live draft party at U.S. Bank Stadium for the Vikings. Then I have the Friday morning radio show, and then we come in here and we talk talk about uh, talk about the draft as well. I'll be remind, hoarse it, and parched. By remind then. me, it's it's just round one on Thursday, right? Correct. And then two and, two three, and three on Friday. Yes. Yeah. Remember the olden days? Is when they would All the draft would start. Along. And like, oh god! What time would it start? Yeah. Probably noon. But yeah, and then it would just run. Earlier. Yeah. Oh, I kind of missed that. I do too. Cause it was the weekend, man. <laughs> yeah. I just hit the couch and never moved yep. for the whole weekend. Just sit oh, there. It's great. That was great. They, I'd, I'd like to go back to that. I understand why they parcel it out. It's more attention. It draws it all oh, yeah. longer and everything, but all they want to be money. in prime time. That's a huge part of it as well. It's a, in fact, it's a massive part of it is being on prime time Thursday night, Friday night, rather than weekend TV programming, which frankly, they just can't charge as much for. Yeah. It's all, it's all, it all comes back to the money. Sooner Always does. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 